0: Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking. At FiveStarChemicals.com. Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Dad, we are. Oh.
1: Everybody, welcome to the show. This is Doctor Homebrew, and we're here to drink beers, and we're here to talk about beers. And um, what else are we here to do?
2: Um, have a drum off on the.
1: Have a drum off on the. On
2: the, the countertop.
1: Here. That's right. That's what we're about. I'm drinking some cloudy, hazy nonsense from Keith, and um, you know, I, I, I don't know what to feel about it. I mean, I know what to feel about it. I'm trying to be open. Um, we're drinking. We're drinking Keith's peach milkshake beer. Peach milkshake beer. Apparently, that's that The new iteration IPA. of the cloud of the of the hazy beers now milkshake Beer. That's the new thing. So stupid. Why did to, why? Okay, I, uh, why did you make this?
3: Because I told somebody else about it. and He's like, I'm going to brew that. So then I'm like, man, I need to brew that. That
1: guy's going to brew it. So. <laughs> and that just happened. It just happened.
3: That's how so like, competitive it's like Keith is. Else.
2: Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, and you just throw uh, down the gauntlet, bro. I'm going for yeah, it. too. It's something man. else to
3: do? Why not? It's not even something I like. Like I was saying in the last show, uh, which was a couple weeks ago. Um, don't <laughs> become the thing you hated. I just did, you know? And it's like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll sell out. Sure, why not? Give it a shot. See how it works. But I don't have to brew it again. It's just like, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you haven't become the thing you hate. You're, you're you're experimenting. Well, it's like, like yeah, in college. Yeah, you're just experimenting.
3: Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm just playing the role for a little bit, seeing how it feels.
1: <laughs> Are we still talking about beer? Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, today I mean, A, we are. I, I get it. I I get it. I, and I'm just I'm just honestly curious as to why as to why you brewed it. So I, I also I went what are to you going to do this with past, it? this past weekend?
3: I went to an event where I had to serve to the public, and I'm like, the public is stupid, so I'm going <laughs> to serve them something that's <laughs> that <was> the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Just spit up on the microphone.
1: <laughs> just spit water. <laughs> but
3: public stupid, and I'm give them something that's really dumb, and they're going to like that. And I still didn't win because I'm, I'm an asshole in general, and people didn't want to vote for me. But, like, you know, they, some people were like, this is the best beer. And I'm like, well, you're stupid for even thinking that. But, um, but
1: This it, is what you served them? Yeah. And um, people thought this was the best beer. What else were they serving, battery acid? <laughs> Thanks, JP. You're welcome. No, really. Were they serving battery acid? I need to no. know. Um, well, look, I mean, it's... They were serving acid, which... Would, that's why maybe people were drinking this year and liked it, because they were, they were all tripping and tripping.
3: And like, wow, I can see the, the peach, and I can see the milkshake in my hands right now.
1: <laughs> uh, did it bring all the boys to the yard? Because that's what I need to know also. Because if it um, didn't, then I'm not You are it.
2: curious, aren't you?
1: I'm a curious dude. That's what I do. Um, it's interesting. Why is it... it, it it has vanilla and peaches and whatever the fuck Lactose else. Lactose
3: <laughs> and oats and wheat, and it looks like shit. And it's thirteen eighteen, the London three east. And uh, I think you know, I think the dry hopping was a, a little too fresh and late in the game. I had, I wish I had more time. I was out of town. and I had to come back and kind of rush it all. And it kind of gives you a little bit of a too much of the, the lingering bitterness from the dry hopping, really. Like, mm-hmm. the, the kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, the sharpness from it. That phenolic thing. Yeah, I wish it didn't have that. If it didn't have that, I think it would be um, phenolics. better.
2: The, phenol- um, the vanilla is not coming through very strongly. I think it's just buried by all that. Everything else It, it really on. is.
3: I kept adding more and more vanilla until the point where I could actually get some of it through. You get a little bit, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah but it was mostly done by I taste. Don't, I don't know that i want that much more anyway because there's so much else. <laughs> right right but
1: no I don't know okay well hey thanks for bringing it in I'm glad
2: you're no, trying I, I,
3: kind of, I brought it knowing and I brought it in the little 12 ounce bottles because I knew that you would hate it especially so it was kind of like you know, it was just uh, it, was, it was fun it was yeah. like something I wanted to try that was different and every once yeah. in a while you need that sort of challenge where you're like just brew something that's totally outside of your comfort range something you don't like and give it a shot yeah why
1: not dude yeah why wouldn't you do that that's the real question well, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals, of course. The great folks at Five Star have been supporting us uh, from the jump here, and we really appreciate it. You can go to FiveStarChemicals.com and learn about all of their products for cleaning and sanitizing your home brewing equipment. They're great people. They have make a lot of great products, and they do a lot for the homebrewing community, man. So uh, if you're not already using them, give them a shot. If your local homebrew shop does not carry them, tell them to demand it or order online. Because yes. it's worth it. It's worth going outside of your uh, your uh, shopping chain, if you will, to grab these uh, to grab these great products. So
2: 5starchemicals.com. We hope they stay with us forever because they are awesome. Me too.
1: They're great people. I like them. I like them a lot. And they give you a, a prize pack for being on the show. So they're very, very generous. There are prizes on this show? There are prizes on this you, show. Tell me about this. <laughs> you should enter one okay. day. I tried. <laughs> I just I just did. I don't get a prize for the, the
3: peach milk yeah. bullshit that I just no. entered. Oh, was no. it better than my ESB?
2: I don't know. Which one of us wins the grog tag? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good question. Good question. Uh but on the phone right now we have Ricky. Ricky. Ricky, are you there, buddy?
4: I'm here. How's it going? Good
1: man. How are you doing? Doing well. Nice. We have, uh, uh, like, a mixed fermentation beer uh, that you sent us. What? Uh, tell me a little, b- a little bit about this beer.
4: Yeah, well, um, I was tasting all these sour beers and everything that's been coming out lately and had been all the the new hype, and I was like, you know, hey, I'm going to try to brew something like this. And so I dove into it, read a little bit, read some books and things, and, and so I tried. This is my first attempt at a um, mixed fermentation beer. Um and I kinda went off some things I got off the sour hour, some things I got off some books and, and went through and tried to to make my own thing.
1: Nice. How long have you been homebrewing?
4: Uh I've been home brewing um what, maybe six years or so, a little over that. Oh, wow, that's that's a yeah. long time.
1: Is this your first kind of foray into uh the sour beers, mixed fermentation stuff?
4: Yeah, the the long term, like the long term sour I did some, you know, Berliner Vice and some goes, but but nothing that was, you know, as long as this one. This one was in primary fermentation for, what, a year and some change? Wow.
1: Okay. I still haven't. I've been homebrewing like 15, 18 years or I've never done an intentional <laughs> sour beer. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to fix some shit that I've done
2: wrong, but... Um, you should try it. It's surprisingly not, you know, you just forget about them in your closet. Just leave them... I can do it. that. Are you, that. Again, are you talking about beer again? Are you talking about your college, My you know, deep, dark <laughs> secrets? <laughs> just yeah. Suppressed the college, people
3: you killed in
1: college, that sort yeah. of thing. Uh, cool. Uh, well, Brian, uh, give, us a, give us a start, man.
2: It smells great. There's a Yeah, there's a lot of aroma here. It's, Wait, it's
1: what is this? Let's see. It's a uh, current, this
2: uh, is black currant mixed fermentation. Mixed fermentation sour beer with black currants. Okay. And, um, yeah, there was no base style declared Uh, Bottle fill was good. Nice hiss when you opened it. And uh, aroma-wise, brightly fruity up front. Mm -hmm. It's got a nice... um, I'm getting like a fruit punch and a cherry cherry berry-like notes in there, quite prominent. It smells like it's going to be pretty tart and acidic. I also got kind of an aroma that reminded me of... I like a fruit mead, it has kind of a mead like or maybe cidery kind of hmm. appleberry i I got the cider there, Brian definitely thank as you well. um yeah, so there's a lot of apple esters and a lot of maybe honey like quality to it, which is interesting with everything else that's there, so there's no obvious I didn't get a big obvious Brett it just has an interesting um kind of a jam like twang like strawberry jam um it's not very acetic, um it seems to be mostly lactic. I'm not getting any diacetyl or DMS or anything gnarly in there. So, you know, the aromas are playing nicely together for the most part. Some interesting stuff. Um, very, A very pretty hot pinkish red color. It's uh, it's fairly hazy at the same time. So it had a low light pink head with reddish. Um, there were some kind of reddish chunks floating in the head on the one I, I tasted last night. <clears throat> Fades to a pink collar after a short time Flavor-wise You know, it has a pretty A pretty uh, firm tartness up front But um, A lot of it may be coming also from The, the sour fruit the You know, just the, the Bite of the fruit It's kind of, um, you know, cherry Currant, berry Has kind of a, uh, a berry candy-like flavor To it Like a berry pixie sticks or something. You know what I mean? Oh, but, yeah, sure. Like uh, the bitterness is low and all the way. It balances to the fruit and sour. Uh, seems to be pretty cleanly lactic. Some, there's some hints of just slight funk and acetic in the background. Um, it finishes quite dry, but it seems, you know, the impression is that it seems sweeter than it probably really is from the sour and the berries. Um, you know, again, I'm not getting very much brett or hay-like or or too much barnyardy anything in here at all it's it, it seems to be mostly the you know the pdo lacto you know thing maybe um so mouthfeel wise it's medium light bodied, medium low carbonation it's um kind of biting from the sourness that is there somewhat sharp uh, i'm not getting any or astringency, and it's not very creamy smooth it just kind of gives you a little sting and then it's on its way so dries off um but yeah overall it's a pleasant beer has a lot going for it seems um cleanly brewed i don't know what the base thought was but um the um you know fruit character i'd have to say too that the the one thing i noticed about the fruit character it has something kind of a little bit kind of pithy like the meat of the fruit kind of and kind of seed like like a pectin thing
1: pectin maybe is that the right
2: term um can you said strawberry
1: jam that's kind of what I yeah it's not super
2: astringent, so i'm I'm not thinking and also since just currants don't generally have many seeds it's not it doesn't seem like it'd be something that coming be, would be coming from a seed, but just like kind of a pithy like the the, the inner part of a grapefruit peel kind of a mm-hmm. flavor um so the, you know the balance could be improved by you know you could you could add a little bit of bread to this and it might make it more interesting. And or a little more malt complexity. It's just kind of a one trick pony with all the the fruit and berry like notes that are in there. It's like a big fruit punch explosion with some sourness, and um, that's what you get. But I'd, I'd be curious to know what the base style was too. Um, I liked the beer. I thought it was it was very good. I gave it a thirty three. So, um, but it's yeah, it's kind of hard for me to give too much feedback without talking to ricky about what he did so hopefully we'll get into some of the details of Absolutely. where he went with his beer who he listened to you know did, did he listen to, yeah he listened to the sour hour he's, he's, yeah. he's some probably, good people. probably listening
3: to wicked weed i'm thinking yeah. so
2: burn oh, dude burn oh. sorry
3: too soon <laughs> oh. a little bit okay sorry i'm Okay. Yep, you do it. So I got a medium-strong, sour character. Uh, like Brian, I, I agree it was more acetic than... I'm sorry, more lactic than acetic. There was a slight acetic character there. some apple apple cider notes. Uh, not getting much funk at all. Um, currants are faint. They, they present more as grapes to me than currants. I got a little bit of red wine <laughs> character in the beer. Um, and just a, a, a very, very, very light and enteric character to it as well. Otherwise, uh, very clean, no diacetyl uh no phenols and anything of that nature um hazy medium purple reddish in color with a low pink head the the pink head was really cute i like that yeah um color on the glass but not 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 much head but yeah if you if you stir it around a little bit it does reform a little bit there It it is a neat looking beer definitely haze is medium i would say um Flavor wise, medium sourness. Uh, I got a, a, a touch of a musty corked character. Uh, some cidery notes again. No hops. Not getting any Brett character either. Um, balances nearly even between the sweetness and sourness. Um, no, you know, no bitterness there either. But the kind of the, the sweetness and sourness kind of balance each other out. It's not one way or the other, which is kind of a nice a nice thing in, in this beer. Um, so, actually a soft finish. I didn't find it to be fairly dry. It didn't really dry out like a lot of, a lot of sour beers would do. Feels like there are some residual sweetnesses, sweetness left in the beer. Um, maybe just a tiny touch of uh, butter and a tiny touch of phenol. Well, those are both very, probably below threshold uh, overall. Um, and uh, I was struggling to detect, you know, like, like am I actually tasting a little bit of uh, uh baby vomit I guess I was trying to pick that out or not I don't I don't think it's like there butyric yeah butyric thing and I'm just trying it was something a little off like it was almost like a little sour milk sort of But it's it's really really slight I just I was, there was something there I couldn't really de- I was trying to fight through last night it was pretty late
1: when I was doing this yeah it's uh, right on the edge you, 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 you really have to focus your brain on it real fast yeah.
3: um, low carbonation maybe just a touch of warming no astringency uh, low creaminess, and maybe medium body, which is probably a little a little funny for me, you know, for a, a sour to have as much body as this, this beer does. Um, for me, it, it smelled more sour than it actually tastes. The uh, flavor's a little subdued. I thought the fruit was a little bit nondescript. Um, I couldn't pick out the, the current necessarily. Uh, to me, it, it came across more as a, a, a grapey sort of wine sort of thing. I think overall the beer reminded me a lot of a red wine in, in a lot of ways, just sort of the aroma and, and some of the flavor characteristics as well. Um, I, I agree with brian again I, I would love to see a little more interesting characters maybe throw some bread in it maybe mm. maybe make it a little bit bigger um, uh, maybe add a little more fruit something just to make it a little jump out of the glass a little bit more but i mean i like the beer a lot i thought it was a fun drinking beer nothing really offensive at all um and the, the color and you know it was it was pretty neat uh, in, in general, and I could see this being very uh, appealing to someone who likes drinking wine. Uh, this seems like a pretty good crossover for, for that sort of uh, yeah. drinker. So um, I gave it a 31.
2: Okay, or you could serve it with some fruit floating in it, like strawberries. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, dude. But I think it, I get a strawberry more than like the red grape thing to me. Mm-hmm. I get a current.
1: I, get, I can get there's a current currents, thing out of it yeah. too. Yeah, but uh, but usually you know. when I'm
2: making my yeah, the, I'm used to my the currents in the my consecration ale clone, which is the Belgian dark strong base. So that's I'm I'm very curious about the base, and then we can talk about what else. Well, are those even
3: are, they, are those those currents actually real currents or not? I mean, there's the whole current thing is kind of a weird thing as well. This Zante currents, which are actually raisins, versus like traditionally like. There's a lot of currants oh, yeah. grown in Europe, and there's not lot, really many, many currants, if at all, grown in the U.S. at all, like a black currant sort of thing <coughs> or a red currant. Most of those end up being more raisiny sort of fruits, like more close to grapes mm-hmm. than they are actually currants. And currants are very popular in Europe, but they're just not, they're not here really at all. So, I'm mean, yeah, as well, I'm very interested yeah. in hearing. Well, let's, uh, let's
1: find uh, out. Ricky, you want to hit us with the recipe?
4: Yeah, I use the um, rare barrel, the golden um, recipe. Um, no, for the base for this beer? one, I, okay. yeah, for the base. I didn't, you know, no wicked weed here, just um, rare bell. <laughs> um Very, you know, and, and and that's and that's from someone from North Carolina, so it, it kind of stays. <laughs> so um, for the hops, I used, you know, it was just a, a small amount of um, and Golding, three IBUs, and for the yeast, I used a um, a blend. It was from East Coast Yeast called um, Bug County. It has like seven different breads in it, um, two different lactose, a couple of different saison strains, um, and PDO. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, after at about the sixth, at about the six month mark, I added um, some Jester King dregs to it. Um, mm-hmm. But the black currant, it came from um, Ventnor Harvest. It was a puree, um, and I put that in right at about the eight or nine month mark. And then I let it sit in there for maybe three more months.
3: Yeah, that's a good time. And how how much was how much, how big was the batch size and how big was the amount of uh Fruit edition, yeah. Fruit edition, yeah. Was
4: it one can like, or five gallons or Yeah, it was a five gallon um, batch and it was a uh, three pounds three pound can of puree. Gotcha. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, puree is nice because it yeah. kind of gets out of your way, but at the same time, don't be afraid to throw real fruit in there. Just buy buy the dried organic um, currants, and you know, find a variety that you like. And uh, but it is really, it really is too. really
3: hard to find like true black currants, uh, yeah, I'm in the sure. U.S. Like dried at all. Like I, I I've been through this and Get the like Zante all
2: over the place. Yeah, but not there's a like
3: current Z whatever. There's a company that does that, but yeah, and and even like a can of that sometimes it's it's like you need more than one can, but you don't necessarily need two cans, and it's kind of like... You, know, right. or you don't need birds in your... And the cans <laughs> probably cost yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it, 30 it, bucks each Yeah, or they're expensive, and sometimes the, if a can's been sitting around too long, you end up giving a metallic character, which I got yeah. none of that in this beer at all. That was right. Sometimes you get some mm-hmm. of that from those cans. The, the puree's been sitting around for a long time. They should date those more often, and and I don't know. I've had some problems with, with from cans from time to time, but hmm. um, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, but I think it's probably helpful for the, the listening audience. in, in general, Yeah, yeah. No.
4: Uh, Rick, yeah, I put I ahead, put man. this beer in a in a couple of different competitions, and I've gotten all kinds of like widespread different um, reviews and takes on it. Like you guys didn't taste any Brett, but I get a lot of people that say they taste a lot of Brett in it. Um, I've gotten very high scores. I've got low scores. I've got them all over the market. The <laughs> highest score I've got on this was a forty four. Nice. And yes, I mean it's it's a weird one. I think I think depending on, on your taste and how, you know, your your sour threshold and things of that nature, I think it it changes for certain people.
1: It is very layered. Like you do have that, that tartness up front with that very bright juicy aroma. Then you kinda have some more of the, the, the darker mid palate flavors and you have a little bit of the of the kind of vomity thing that we're trying to pin our finger on. But that comes and goes for me. So yeah. I, I think I think you're right, Ricky. Where it it depends on where you're at at that moment. I mean, that's kind of judging in general. But I think with this beer, it's kind of a chameleon. Um, where I think for the most part, if you're drinking a pale ale, it's probably going to be the same, or uh, you know what I mean. Right. But Sour, uh, sours are hard to
3: judge too. I mean, there are mm-hmm. a lot of judges out there that. They're looking for a specific thing, or
2: you know, just you know, they you know, they want everything to taste like Rodenbach Yeah, or- and, and
3: sometimes they don't, <laughs> they're, not, they're not even that experienced either, so they yeah. may get a lower score, Ricky, than you would would expect because they're not really used to sours, and that you know, like, oh, they has been sort of thrown into this thing and. They were expecting something really sour, and this is you know, kind of a great sort of medium sourness that I think it actually works really well. Yeah, the other um, part
2: of the game too is just deciding where to declare it, like for base style. If you declare a base what? style, and what to call it, it's like you know, the, if you say, "Oh yeah, it's a it's a Belgian golden ale," you know, golden strong or a golden you know, whatever, anything, and, and then it's like, if the judge doesn't taste that, like, well, I should be tasting some of that base style, right? It's like, then they'll they'll maybe knock it down for that, so, but if you declare something weird and obtuse, like, it's a, it's a pink ale, you know, what's that, you know? No one's going to know what that is, so <clears throat> it's a hard thing to do if there's not much of a, a base style poking through, which a, a lot of sours don't have, you know, I've, the ones that start as a Belgian dark strong don't taste anything like a Belgian dark strong anymore, it's just like, Red sour or brown sour, or dark, you know, yeah. whatever. Do you have any questions for the guys, Ricky?
4: No, I think I got some some really good feedback, and that's kind of what I was looking for to okay. to get some kind of a, a baseline. And I trust yeah. you guys because I listen to the show all the time. So, oh, thanks, oh, thanks good. for the feedback.
2: You had a nice pellicle form on this one. Did you have a couple different pellicles, or what happened there?
4: Oh yeah, it was yeah. a it was a really nice pellicle um, to start, really large um tall bubbles yeah. and then once i racked it over you know off the off the yeast cake got another pellicle and then when i added the the fruit got another one that, that was a crazy pink purpley <laughs> kind of thing it was a, it was awesome. it was very interesting it was very interesting it's so, yeah, develop, this is my first one and i've and i've dived into a couple more i think my fermentation chamber fermentation chamber right now has three showers in it that i've got uh, going so and, I'm continuing the 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 craft.
3: Good for you. Yeah. Are they all in glass too, Ricky? That's another. You know, another question I have It's like, how are you doing this condition wise? Are they in glass throughout the time, or where do they where do they go through throughout that? Because I think that's an interesting. Like, I didn't get a ton of Acetic character here, and, and um, but yeah, you know, are you doing glass for these, or what's 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 the uh, the?
4: No, I'm not. I'm not doing glass. i um, actually. I just switched over to um. The um kind of like a large mouth plastic um fermenter. Okay. For for all my stuff like out there. Like the Um, this one, this one actually for the first, well, until I put it on the currents was actually in a bucket. This okay. one was.
2: Okay. And you know, it, it, sometimes and, 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 it won't you, seal quite properly. You
4: get air in there, and it'll turn it turns into vinegar. <laughs> yeah, and I, I tasted it because I put a tasting port like um, midway on the bucket so mm-hmm. that I can kind of monitor it. Yeah. and um i had to feel like i had a good seal and i just let it sit there for about six months and then once i racked it out of the racked it into the <clears> next, <throat> next vessel it went into a, a carboy.
2: yeah as well, long as you have a good seal yeah. it's best not to muck around in there <laughs> yeah yeah Too yeah much. very good very good keep working on it that's great no, very, that's very, very right, impressive
3: Very impressive for a first hour i would definitely and a lot of say, yeah.
2: yeah a lot of fruit absolutely I, I could see a lot of people
1: loving this one it's Yeah. yeah. All right, Ricky, we're going to let you go, man. All right, man. See you. All right, thanks, man.
4: Bye.
1: Yeah, I dug it. Now, he's East Coast. He's the one you should have told to go to bed, right? I know. I thought about it, but I was like, well, if he didn't hear the first show, then he might think I'm pushy, so whatever. Uh, Anyway, it's Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. We'll be right back.
5: Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Kings.
0: Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order.
1: Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Just in time for Father's Day, we want you to think uh, think ahead for Father's Day. Your dad has helped you out over the years, so why not help him out for a change. You get the man some Grog Tags. Head over to GrogTag.com and design him some custom labels that only a father could love. Or, grab a gift certificate and let him get creative. He can choose from dozens of labels for his beer and winemaking, or some custom bottle caps, coasters, or even a metal sign. Whatever he chooses, he'll have you to thank for a change. Head over to GrogTag.com and enter code BNARMY at checkout to take 10% off your next order. That's BNARMY at GrogTag.com.
2: Better yet, Learn how to brew. Brew your dad some beer. But then send it in to us. Let us critique it. Improve it. Brew it again. Send some more to us. Let us critique it again. (laughs) Improve it until it's perfect. And then make a great grog take to go on that beer and give it to your dad next year. Think ahead.
1: Think way ahead. Think way ahead. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you think way ahead? Yeah.
2: I I mean, would. Let's be honest. I would. Right. No, maybe
1: not. <laughs> let's get uh, Philip on the line here. Poor guy. It's like midnight or wherever he is. what mm. uh, Would we have a Doppelbach? Right. Doppelbach. Yeah. All right. Cool, Philip. Are you with us? Hey, what's up? And what's going on, dude? You sound hey. really bright-eyed and, and ready to hit the hit the ground running on this thing.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We'll call it that. <laughs> okay. All right.
1: Uh, how long have you been homebrewing, man?
6: Uh, I guess like two and a half years now. Okay. Is this your first Doppelbock? It is. It is, yes. Awesome. And my
1: second lager. Wow. Great. All right. Well, Keith, go ahead, man. Let's uh, let's hit his first Doppelbock. Thanks, JP. You're welcome.
3: So on the, the nose, I'm getting some dark fruit, a little bit of Concord grapes, uh, light soy sauce, uh, no hops, no uh, sorry, low alcohol. Uh, I'm also though getting a, a solventy note there, uh, hints of chocolate and toast, but both are very faint. And then as it warmed and as I got a little more familiar with the beer, I'm getting a little bit of green apple, um, and it gets a little bit stronger as as we go along there. Huh. Um, appearance: dark brown with uh, really, really, really nice red hues to it. Uh, brilliant clarity so it's very very pretty in that respect but the head wise and not not much head there at all it's uh it's a little bit of a faint uh legs collar around the you know the beer but not not much more beyond that uh i think last night i had a little more a little more head and it dissipated pretty quickly but today we poured it and it was pretty much just looking pretty pretty flat maybe our glasses is a glassware bit, here yeah yeah glassware here is a little bit crappier little semi house it is yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, whatever um, so flavor wise let me get a let me get a taste here again just to re uh, acclimate myself to this uh, I'm getting a sweet malt uh, big dart fruit flavor um, alcohol now is medium high I would say. Um, but I'm getting that, that big uh, green apple character, um, you know sort of jolly rancher thing going on. Uh, but also there's a little solvent thing there as well. acetone like, I would say. Um, balance in the beer is towards sweet, but there is a, an, enough balance I think for the bitter bitterness uh, and, and dry finish. No hot flavor at all. Um, maybe just a touch of touch of papery cardboard but i I think i get that in a lot of beers uh just from being a little oversensitive to oxidation uh mouthfeel medium warming i don't know why i started with that mouthfeel but um uh jumped out pretty much at me no stringency. carbonation is low Um, maybe just a little bit of uh, creaminess um i'd say uh yeah, I think carbonation is probably my big ding there on the mouthfeel. It seems a, you know there's not not much going on there with carbonation. Um, I do I do so overall impression. I do like the uh, malt character here. Um, I think biggest problems I ha- are having are with that that green apple acid aldehyde. You know, I'll, I'll announce it now. Uh, the green apple acid aldehyde sort of character and slight solvent notes. Uh, the alcohol is pretty strong, but I think you know a little more age that'll that'll sort of Go away. I think the, the, it seems like the recipe is pretty solid. It's just more of a, a yeast sort of health issue here, making sure you're pitching enough yeast, um, enough contact on the beer as well, um, which is pretty, you know, for the, uh, with a lager more often than not, if you don't have enough contact and long enough time, you're going to have more problems with diacetyl. Um, solvent, though, is kind of interesting because to me that tells me that it would probably be a little bit higher fermentation temperature. Uh, then you'd want in the lager, but that may not entirely be the the problem there. But overall, I would, I would look at the uh, yeast health, and maybe just let the beer condition a little bit longer, too, to get some of that alcohol uh, to age out a little bit. Right and, on, oh, on. So anyway, I gave it a sorry, uh,
2: 24.
1: Okay. Brian, go ahead, please.
2: Young man. Yes, sir. Uh, the double block. So I'm getting a... yeah. The aroma, there's a deep, there's a deep maltiness to it, which is, as you should expect, um, kind of, kind of a, um, I feel like I got a little green pepper note. I was trying to get what I was getting towards there and a little peppery alcohol up front. There's a few mirrored byproducts in there that, that kind of, as they call them, melanoidin byproducts, uh, picking up some green apple-like acid aldehyde. no hops as expected, but, um, the esters are low, and uh, there's a faint kind of plum-like quality to it, which is nice. A low sherry-like. Um, I felt like I got a tiny hint of a plastic phenolic in this, like a band aid mm. strip kind of plasticky bucket-like <coughs> note in there. But uh, mm. it was it was pretty low. But it was kind of behind the there's there's a little solventy, and the acid aldehyde is kind of the primary flaw in this one. Uh color wise it's brown in color, clear. Had a low light tan head that faded to a ring pretty quickly. Mostly finer bubbles. I didn't get any didn't see any legs form on the sides of the glass. Um so you should have some a little bit of head there to to bring the appearance score up a bit. Um flavor wise, you know, I thought that the flavor was better than the aroma. The acid aldehyde doesn't um you know the malt kind of kicks in, mm-hmm. and it's very malty and flavorful. There's a big alcohol; it's obviously apparent. Yes, the alcohol is a little hot and solventy in nature, but the balance is definitely the malt. You kind of feel like, okay, this is this is probably a pretty good recipe. The bitterness is low and out of the way. It just seems like it had a you know the ingredients started out well. The the brew day probably went well. It just had kind of a flawed lager ferment. Low esters, uh, you know, the alcohol is just too hot and peppery. It kind of lingers in the aftertaste alongside mm. those raisin and prune-like notes that are there. Peppery, that's good. That's a yeah. good... I get so, that for sure. You know, there's some green apple in the flavor, but yeah. it's a little more hidden and obscured by all, everything else that's going on in there. And again, just a faint phenolic, a little plastic there. Mm-hmm. mouth wise full-bodied, medium-low carbonation, and some very obvious heat. It, it really, it actually kind of burns as you keep drinking it down into your throat and into the back of your throat and, the, and your chest um it's not a very smooth beer i wouldn't call it creamy at all uh at the same time there's no astringency it's not really biting but it's just it's intense on the the alcohol front um uh, there's a lot uh, quite a bit of solvent and when you when you smell the solvent and you start tasting the solvent and then you feel that burn you know you know there's some definitely higher higher alcohols going that your yeast kicked out and uh didn't just it's not just the pure ethanol so uh, that'll give you a headache if you drink too much of it <laughs> overall impression it's it's a big darkish double block with some some real redeeming qualities It's just um much too biting on the alcohol front and um the green apples getting in the way there's some signs of yeast stress or contamination and or contamination going on here by some unwanted microbes um and i would pitch a massive strong vigorous or wild yeast could could do some some damage to a uh, healthy dose of uh yeast i mean you, you always just can use a little more than you think get a big healthy pitch from a brewery or something if you can and you know a, a, a quart jar <laughs> for a bigger batch so, uh, but yeah just just look at the the yeast calculator calculators mr malty is great that that Jameel guy, I guess he knows this stuff a little
3: bit, yeah. Um, and there's there's also the other then, you know, the oxygenation. Make sure you're right. oxygenating well enough. Yeah, all too. the other factors, and maybe reoxygenating on a duffel too is the uh, you know, right like after what, eight to twelve hours, something along those yeah, the lines. The first and, the
2: first day, you can give it a, a little help along the way. That's a that's a great idea, um, and you know, watch the fermentation temp. It might. Like you said, be indicative of a fermentation that went a little higher than you ind- had uh, intended. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it was. It'd be nice to know what it was lagered at and and you know fermented at and lagered at and how you did the temperature ramping stuff. But yeah, I gave it a twenty six. I thought you got to keep the yeast happy. You got to you know lagering is tough, man. I the first time I lagered, it wasn't it wasn't very pretty. But uh, you can learn it with time and 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 get better at it. It'll help. Smooth out the balance of this beer. The, re- the recipe is good, I think. The recipe is fine. Just just work on that fermentation. All
1: right, Phil, you have uh, some questions, I assume, for the guys.
6: Uh, yeah, 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 I do. Um, that's all really fair feedback. Thank you. Cool. So um, the thing with this beer is it's literally just shit that I had left over, <laughs> and uh, my buddy the had come over to help me make some. What with yeah. that? I, I keep
2: saying that recipe was great.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, whatever we had around it. was actually um, perfect for it. Yeah. yeah. So my buddy had come over to help me make some beer for the wedding. It uh, just got married a couple of weeks ago, and um, Congratulations. so we got done. Thank you. We got yeah. done with that like within three hours. Would have been spending another like forty minutes cleaning up. I was like, let's make another beer. To which I replied, "Okay." So we kind of threw this stuff together, and uh, it was just random stuff essentially. So there's ten pounds of Vienna, four and a quarter of carrot Munich, and three pounds of Munich, light Munich. And uh, I did do first word hops of this. It was just like half an ounce of Magnum, and then uh, 45 minutes of another half ounce of Howard Hard Milkrow. And at 15 minutes, we put a pound of candy sugar and 90 SRM in there. And uh, that was it. But it's funny that you're talking about a lot of, like, uh, big, healthy yeast pitches because we actually used three packs of uh, St. Walgar 3470, which I thought was adequate. Um, I'm not really sure what happened there, but it did take a little while to actually take off. So, like, I actually chilled it down to 45 degrees and let it kind of warm up a little bit in my freezer over maybe – i don't know 18 hours or so and then at uh 49 degrees i think it pitched the yeast at um yeah took a little, little while to take up like i said i think it actually started actively fermenting within another 18 hours after that um
2: another thing to think about too is the the temperature of your wort and the yeast when you combine the two it, you know if you if your wort is much colder than the the yeast packs are at if they're sitting at room temperature and you've got beer at you know 50 degrees they're going to be like what and just kind of drop out you know yeah yeah.
3: i've actually seen acetaldehyde form as well when you pitch too cold and and, and ferment too cold initially as well like Mm -hmm. uh, I'm i'm not familiar enough with that 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 uh yeast i've never used it before to see how it performs and you know i've never even done the research on it but um i'm wondering yeah like if if it needs a certain temperature range. You said 49 degrees, maybe. You know, you probably did the research there. It was a bit
6: low. Yeah. Yeah, I think the recommended range for minimum is like 54 or something like that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it took a little while. So, yeah, I think there might have been a chance for an opportunity for infection there. But it's funny you guys keep saying the green apple thing, too, because I got actually a lot of medicinal, like almost cherry flavors in there. I got the green, green apple as well, but none of not, not nearly as much as the, the medicinal stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: it, it, I, I get the green apple a lot. I didn't get it at first, and then I swirled it and shoved my nose uh, in there, and then I was like, "Oh, okay." But it's like the yeah, the green apple skin, but that
2: green you apple yeah, fruitiness yeah. is combining with the dark malts that are there, and the. The prune and it makes for a weird fruit aroma together. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the cherry thing.
3: Yeah, I think last night when I was uh-huh. tasting it, I remember like getting more of the solvent up front. My notes were always like, "Yeah, more of the solvent medicinal thing." Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. like, as it warmed more, then I was getting more of the green apple. I'm like, "Oh, that's acetaldehyde there." But initially, I'm like, "Oh, that's solventy more of you know." But you know, so it was kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit there. And you know, whatever. I was I was watching a hockey game, so uh, it was going on. So I was I was probably
1: bouncing back and forth a little bit there too. <laughs> Uh, I wonder what that's like to have a be a fan of a hockey team that goes deep in the playoffs. I just I don't know what that feels like. So uh, you mean go, <laughs> goes deep, wins the Stanley Cup. You mean I, that too? That too. Yeah,
3: anyway, yeah. but anyway, um, um, Philip, where, where are you calling from? Yeah. By the way, did we talk about and just, what's your h- local homebrew club? What's your local hockey team?
6: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hockey dude, I have no fucking idea. Uh, I live up. In, I just moved out to upstate New York over the winter. I'm in Michigan now.
2: Yeah, that's okay. All right. I don't care about hockey. I really was just trying to get a rise out of you. Whatever. <laughs>
6: yeah, dude. Zero fucks given about sports, dude. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: all right. Well, if that's it, Philip, we'll let you. We'll let you go to bed. How about that?
6: Uh, well, I do have wonder, like yes. what? What do you think those solventy flavors are really coming from then, aside from like the yeast house?
1: Your lack of hockey
3: grab onto the Cornell like co- college hockey team or something like yeah. that maybe <laughs> I don't
6: know yeah. uh,
2: if it's an ale you would typically the feedback would be it's like you fermented at too high of a temperature but in this case it's more complicated than that you know yeah. the yeast yeah, is yeah, getting exactly. happy and it took a while for it to get happy and when the yeast is stressed it's going to kick out all kinds of different things trying to you fight its way back to life and kind of Deal with all the sugars that it has to deal with in a big beer like this, so it's going to kick out some, you know, some odd flavors. odd flavors like acetaldehyde or solvent or higher alcohols, and you yeah, know.
3: I agree with Brian there. It's not necessarily you know solvent isn't always just a high temperature thing. Sometimes whatever the yeast is not happy, it's going to give give off byproducts that it can't reabsorb. And uh, that's the, that's the the key here is really making sure you have a yeast. set. I mean, I'm not honestly, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, you said that this was a dry yeast, Ray? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know enough about you know, dry lager yeast, but I haven't heard a lot of tons of positive. Embrace
6: the dry lager yeast, my uh, friend. Uh,
3: <laughs> you know, I haven't heard a ton of positive things about it. So uh, hmm.
6: uh, you think it's a yeast thing?
3: No, I, I don't think it's that necessarily. Not but the selection I, I, yeah. necessarily. But, I, you know, I think that's part of it. I think it's probably it probably is a little bit finicky to work with, and even getting it to be as good as something that is pure is going to, you know... Okay it's interesting, but no, I think I think Brian's totally right It's like making sure that it's really happy all the way through, it has enough oxygen um did you oxygenate the wort um did you oxygenate it a second time for a big beer like this? I don't know how big it was you were adding candy sugar, it sounded like you guys were drinking maybe a little bit while you were brewing.
6: Uh. <laughs> yeah the, actually the booze on our account was not a factor in this beer but <laughs> but yeah um it, it's it's kind of weird, so. I waited, like, 12 days to do a de-rest, so it it fermented out. After 12 days, I did the diacetyl rest. I rented up to, like, 65, left it there for another uh, four days, and then I started lagering for, like, I I think it was six weeks after that.
3: Did you take a reading when you did did the diacetyl rest, or was it just pretty much just like, hey, I'm waiting until enough time? Like, I always try to, like, do it, like, you know, what, 75 to 80% fermentation done to do it. But if you're not doing a reading, and then maybe it still wasn't, it was still fermenting actively, and you're getting some... Some of that that uh, the solvent from there, solvent the from, transfer. time. Yeah, it's a little bit higher than it needed to. You know, yeah. if it's like sixty percent done. You're
2: if it's still bubbling strongly, yeah. you're past the resting.
6: It. not right. No, no, it, no, no. It slowed down like a lot. Pretty much done. I, th- I think yeah. the reading was at ten twenty six when I started the T rest. So I'm, I'm getting it that. finished out at ten twenty.
3: Phthalic acidol. If that's uh, that's you know that, that's 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 a good thing. If it's like <laughs> yeah. longer, you can get one
2: of those beer bug things and then you can watch the curve slowing down. Yeah, dude. Beer bugs were too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's good for loggers and meads and all kind of good things. Yeah, anything. But yeah. yeah,
6: much like pretty much everything else in this hobby, it's not exactly easy on the pocket. So, yeah. You
2: know.
1: No, for sure, yeah. <laughs> for sure. But uh, especially for loggers <laughs> and, and stuff like that, that's uh, that beer bug yeah. would help out a lot for sure. Just
2: um, oxygenate well and get a big healthy like slur- you know, a, a jar full of slurry and just put in roughly the right amount of something that was just actively fermenting somewhere else, like your local brewery that makes loggers. And it'll just go, like, mad right away, and you'll be so much happier. Yeah. It's not a bad beer. The flavor's actually pretty good, but it's just the aroma, is a little off-putting, and, and there's some other issues there. But, yeah, it, despite tr- not trying to make a good recipe, you did okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Is that it?
6: Uh, you good? All for me.
1: Okay. All right, fella. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, you got it. Next time you send in a beer, we'll get you on an earlier time, my friend.
2: <laughs> right on, man. Thanks. All right. Cheers. Thanks for staying up with us. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. What else is awesome is Atlantic Brew Supply. Family-owned Atlantic Brew Supply is the biggest home brew shop in the southeast. No gimmicks, no multinational corporate overlords, and no BS. Get 15% off your first order when you use the coupon code BrewDoc. That's B-R-E-W-D-O-C at checkout. Unique ingredients from local suppliers, including malt made last month, not last year, from neighboring artisan malt house Epiphany Craft Malts. And they also have exotic microbiotics from South Yeast Labs. Malts, extract, and more, all available by the ounce, not just by the pound. And an on-site calculator to help you craft your best brew. I wish more shops would do that. Oh, yeah. like an on-site no. homebrew calculator? Yeah. That's great. Uh, <laughs> they have award-winning recipe kits crafted by pro brewers, including the Toil, or excuse me, the Toll, uh, by Rayleigh, uh, Rayleigh Brewing Company's GBF-winning Imperial Oatmeal Stout which I already like, plus pro-level equipment and the best in cask equipment from sister companies, ABS Commercial and Cask Supply. They have same-day order processing and guaranteed two-day shipping for East Coast customers. Again, 15% off your first order when you use coupon code Brewdoc at checkout from Atlantic Brew Supply. I like the no corporate overlords aspect of that. Right, especially today. Well, not, yeah, today, but this month. Yeah. All our buyouts and shit like that. Anyway, (sighs) uh, hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Dr. Homebrew.
0: Star treatment today. Are you a member of the White Labs customer club? If not, you should be. It's the
1: easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either Vials or Pure Pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself,
0: Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you
1: awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995.
0: I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew.
1: All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. I do know if you guys know this, but tickets are on sale now for the 39th Annual National Homebrewers Conference, a.k.a. HomebrewCon. Join your homebrewing comrades this June 15th through the 17th in Minneapolis for three unforgettable days of learning, camaraderie, and delicious beer, of course. Space is limited, so be sure to register now. Go to homebrewcon.org. Was that written by Russians? Comrade. Comrade. Hello, comrade. Oh, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to that homebrew con deal this year. I think it'll be fun.
2: I'm looking forward to being
1: conned out of all, all my homebrew. <laughs> uh, I hope I win something. What would you guys do uh, if I won? You're not going, Keith, right? But you're going. No. I'll have My wife was like, last night, she's like, can we go to that?
3: I'm like, yeah, that's like two weeks after we have the baby. Oh, yeah. Wow. She's like, well, let's not go to that. I'm like, Why didn't they have it in the winter in Minnesota? I'm like... Well, why does anybody go to the winter? You know, go to Minnesota in the winter anyway. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like homebrew con. <laughs> yeah. Always at homebrew con. Now I'm calling it homebrew con as well, but it's always uh, at the same time. I'm like, you, you know where it, when it was, it's Sarah. Like, always what the hell? Like, Why you know, does
2: she choose to get pregnant then? Yeah, yeah like, what, what is wrong with like, her?
3: You know, met, mix it,
1: you know,
2: Because <laughs> it is her fault. Let's call her up and ask her right now. We'll get her out next year. will It'll
1: Before we get to the winners, uh, I do want to tell you guys about uh, the Smart Brew water testing kit. Called the iDip, incorporates a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market. With its own app. Home or commercial use, it takes great beer, to, uh, great water to make great beer, of course. You can use it in your home or your commercial brewery. The only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math needed on your part. It pairs via Bluetooth and updates your water results instantly to your own personal water profile. You can email those results to your rest of your brew team or post it to your <coughs> Facebook page and your homebrew club. Get the lowdown on your base water. Profile has the ability to test over 40 different water quality tests. Four come preloaded and more are available. You can test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more, with only four mils of water needed for each test. Uh, There's a Brewing Network special, of course, because we're pretty awesome. You go to smartbrewkit.com, enter code TBN10 at checkout, and you save 10 bucks on either the standard or the advanced smart brew testing kit. Order now and make this futuristic technology part of your brewing process. Visit smartbrewkit.com. Enter code TBN10 at checkout. Save yourself 10 bucks, man. Okay, Brian, let's do this, dude. <clears throat> <clears throat> who yes. wins? So we have we have and a pair to,
2: no, We have a forty dollar grog tag gift certificate to give away tonight. This is to be discussed over the the collaboration beer that Keith and I brewed together. Oh yeah, that you're refusing to drink.
1: Uh, I had a sip and uh, you know I had a second sip and that's pretty much all you're gonna we get. We pulled out of it. back the bitterness because wow. we weren't sure that you liked bitterness. We tried we to put, make this for you.
3: And we put honey <laughs> in it because we know <laughs> you like things yeah. that are
2: sweet. That's true.
3: You're, you're like a giant bear. We were like, wow. I am the, a giant the, bear. The, yeah. the, the honey yeah. barrow
2: needs more honey. That's true. There was a giant disc of honey because the honey had been crystallizing for a year in this bucket that Keith uh, had. So it's quality ingredients. And we just had to, yeah. <laughs> honey is
3: still good, man. Come on. It's, just...
2: sure. it's edible, yeah. Um. So we didn't do a, I, I talked Keith out of the bittering edition and we just let some of the later hop editions give it the bitterness. So it's got us a real soft, yeah, soft bitterness to it.
1: I think like 1085 or OG. It's something a little odd though, yeah.
2: Let's give away a grog tag, forty dollar gift certificate. So as, as JP about your can get away. I want it I want Keith's full tasting notes on this beer. Now um the grog tag, well, I'm pretty sure it goes to Philip. Philip. All right, dude. Forty bucks to
1: grogtag.com. Nice work. Yeah, and
2: he's gonna keep brewing it and I know he's gonna Hell yeah, rock dude. it. Hell yeah. His third lager will be the best ever. Sorry you didn't win anything, Ricky,
1: but, you know, that's how it goes. Thanks for man. sharing
2: that sour. He's, he's learning a lot, and he's got the bug, I can tell.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Sourbugs. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Okay, I think we're
1: done. Oh, I do have to tell you about the Catalyst, of course. The folks at Craft Brew have just released an awesomely compact conical fermenter called the Catalyst. It's made from plastic that's over 90% more scratch-resistant than other plastic conicals and 71% less oxygen permeable. Its low-profile stand design allows it to fit snugly in your fridge or right on the countertop. Cleaning is a breeze because the entire lid snaps off, so you can be sure to get all those crusties off the sides. Perhaps the best part, though, is the giant three-inch butterfly valve at the bottom, allowing you to attach any size mason jar for yeast collection during fermentation. Recently, they've teamed up with Stone Brewing Company to offer a homebrew version of their famous Stone Pale Ale. So be sure to check that out at Craftabrew.com underneath the product section. Uh, again, Craftabrew.com. All right, all right. I think we did good today. We like our sponsors. Yes. Thank our sponsors. <laughs> hang out with them if we'll they're at Crusty Burger for sponsoring us this month. <laughs> <laughs> if they're at NHC, hang out with them at NHC. Uh, thank thank our them.
3: Brewers, obviously.
1: Obviously, for sure. Uh, thank everybody for participating in the show. Thank you to Five Star. Uh, thank you to my co-hosts. And what does someone have to do
2: if they want to enter this, comp- this thing? Well, this well, that's a good question.
1: Email jp at thebrewingnetwork.com. I do have a backlog of a few months uh, to work through. Uh, so any emails you need to read is that what you are saying? Like yeah, months, well, months? yeah, I get because I get a bunch of them. And I just I just file them away and then I you know I hit you up a couple months before the show. I, I
3: emailed you last month and you still haven't gotten back to me about that email I sent you.
1: Yeah, I don't um I don't reply to the emails like hey I want to be on the show because then there's an interaction. And then I lose the email, so I just I file it and I have a system, and it pisses some people off. I was thinking about like
3: dying your beard a little bit. It was what I was
1: recommending, but I would me. never do that. I would never do that because hmm. I, I don't want to be I don't want to be like Lagunitas. I want to be true to my hey, which, myself. Which show number is this. Oh, that's a good question, dude. I have no idea. It's up in the It's, almost, it's almost 100, We're getting towards that. I think. What if this was 100 and we didn't know about it? I don't know. That'd be funny. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We'll see you later. This has been Dr. Homebrew, and um, you've been NayNade.